have with me today fellow 24 fan actor for hire, filmmaker, and all-around nice dude, Brian Edwards. Uh, he released a 24-minute fan film based on the t- TV series 24 last week called 24 One More Day. Thank you so much for joining me today, Brian. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I've been um, looking forward to talking to you. I know it's been with scheduling and everything, trying to get everything going. Um, I know you're super excited about um, releasing this, and I've been you know, following you on Twitter, and then that's how we got to talking and everything. Uh, so how did you, let's start off by talking a little bit about 24. Obviously that was the whole, you know, basis of making 24 one more day. Uh, you're obviously a huge 24 fan, just like myself. Uh, were you a fan from the first season? Uh, did you jump in during later seasons? What, how did that start for you? Uh, well, one, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Uh, I still can't get over that stuff behind you. <laughs> I'm, that's the whole time you were talking. I'm just looking at everything behind you. For me, it was from the start because uh, I think 24 came out at like the perfect time. I think I was I, I can't remember how old I was now, but, you know, you're at that age where this is kind of the show that you want to watch. Right. And uh, I, I remember when I first I, I didn't see any publicity for it. Like I didn't know what the show was. Never saw the trailers for it or anything. No TV spots at the time uh, or commercials, I guess. The kids don't know what those are. Um, <laughs> yeah with streaming nobody knows what that is anymore yeah what are, what are their ads nowadays right. uh so i didn't know anything going in and um you know my my mom just had it on tv she's like oh this show 24 with Kiefer sutherland's coming on and you, you know as a canadian we all know who what who he is and uh so i just jumped into it and uh it became uh, an obsession after season one because my mom and i would watch it religiously and it would be our weekly show basically throughout most of my childhood or late I think late teens early 20s probably at that time and um and then I moved out and went to school and I still stuck with it uh till the end until until even today I still go back once a year and do a a a binge watch of of the entire season yeah just I don't know (laughs) it's just something about that show I I I can't you know I and during the convention the 24 convention that you guys put together um you know that question came up a lot it was like what made it enticing for people and i honestly couldn't give you an answer it's just the whole package was just fantastic yeah i think i think too um me and ryan um from 20 years of 24 you know obviously Mm -hmm. check out the podcast uh, over there but he and i've talked about that a lot about like the most boring episode of 24 is better than like almost anything on television yeah you're not wrong yeah, I mean, like season six is considered like by a lot of fans like the worst season. But to me, I mean, there's great moments in that season, like amazing moments. And I'm just like, like the first first four episodes, I consider like, you know, probably two four of the best episodes of the series. And season, season six, you said? Yes. Yeah. I I agree, but I disagree. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely. Part of why we're here. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely. Um, and no, it's funny your story too about your mom getting into twenty four. That's exactly how I got into twenty four. It's basically my mom. Um, I didn't watch it from the beginning. I watched it from season two on. Right. But uh, she basically was like, "Hey, you have to check this out. The show's awesome. Please check it out." I'm like, ah, "Whatever." And then I checked it out, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is the greatest yeah. thing ever." So it's kind of funny our stories kind of intertwine there a little bit. Yeah, well, I, I mean, we are roughly the same age, so like that—that's sort of the the moment. Like when the when the show first came out, like I said, you're you're at that age where like this is really exciting, and especially at the time on television because no one was doing any of this, right? Right. So you know, you're you're traversing new ground, and it it just man it just changed TV for me. And I wrote a little bit about that on the site for, mm-hmm. for 24, one more day. 
but like it was just doing things that you you know you still don't see on tv today and if you do it's just a copy of what we've already watched right so yeah exactly exactly yeah. everything's a copy of lost or you know something. yeah so, like yeah. la brea right now i think it's pretty much a copy of lost so yeah <laughs> and 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 you know the younger generation would never know you know what right. what 24 did for television not just um you know for for television itself but like the genre you know what you could accomplish in that many episodes and and you know the legacy it left behind for television itself it's crazy exactly do you have a favorite scene or like a moment that like re really was like oh my god this was this is the greatest show ever like that really got you into it me personally it was terry's death like that's what changed the show for me like mm -hmm. okay this show is willing to go that far that's amazing yeah. to me yeah that that was definitely one uh for me it was the hacksaw moment yep i i you'll never find someone who doesn't have that in as a like a, a fond memory of that show um i think that moment solidified it for me i think that was the moment where i was like okay jack's willing to take things to that level to to you know get the job done i i'm i'm in I'm yeah, i mean in. he just murdered a guy in the middle of CT2. <laughs> yeah i mean yeah it doesn't even work yeah. for him like okay i'm just gonna murder this guy you know yeah which was which is yeah again that's another scene there's so many good ones i mean there's everybody has a different one that's the other thing about the show that makes it amazing is there's so many like you can ask 50 different people and you get 50 different answers uh, Shows don't really do. I mean, they do do that. We watch shows nowadays and, and those shock moments are, are kind of the norm. Hmm. But you got to remember back then, you know, on a on a Fox show, that type of content wasn't happening like that. Nobody would have ever done that. So, you know, again, to speak to how brave the show was for trying something new, that uh, that those moments like the hacksaw moment are, are, are key. Yeah, they definitely pushed the envelope, which was awesome. And yeah. if you listen to the different podcasts and stuff and listen to the stories, I mean, they, you know, like Kiefer, for example, thinking Terry was not going to, you know, that was not going to go over well and let, just change the show's course from there on. So. You never know, man. Like, it's yep. all about risk. You mm -hmm. you can you can be in television for like 50 years and know what everybody likes, but then you'll hit a generation and it changes. And you yeah. just have to take those risks, take those yep. chances. Right? And it worked. It yeah, exactly. Off. Yeah. And the show is still, I mean, I'm, we're hoping for a reboot, you know, obviously we'll talk about that a little bit later, but, yeah. <laughs> but, um, uh, so tell me a little bit about Overheal Digital Mercenaries and the journey that you went through from realizing your passion and making it in reality. Uh, okay. That's kind of a long story, but, uh, I'll try to keep it concise. Uh, basically, and I just found some nostalgic stuff yesterday. Um, 10 years ago, Anthony Chambers, who's the cinematographer on 24, one more day, um, he had a whole bunch of camera gear, like really great stuff. And, and, you know, as being an actor trying to make his way, I asked him, you know, do you want to try to make a movie? And he's like, sure. You got a script. I was like, eh, <laughs> no, but I can make up one. Here, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So at that time, like, you know, fast and furious came out and, you know, I was deep into 24 at this time. And, uh, I, I had a, I had a niche, like some, like what I thought I could do, in this industry, like my, my typecast. Right. And it was always, it was the action hero, you know, the Jason Statham, the Bruce Willis, that was kind of my, my thing at the time. Right. And uh, so I put this really crappy script together and I said, okay, let's just get whoever we can and we'll go try to shoot something. He had like a Canon, I think it was like a 70 D or seven D or whatever it was. Uh -huh. um, but he had all this cool gear, like cranes and lights and all that stuff. And I was like, man, you know, we've never done this before, but we're going in, with all this cool stuff, how bad could it be? It was terrible. We never got released, you know, never saw the light of day. Uh, 
I don't even know where the actual video files are. I just know where the still images from behind the scenes are. Uh, and then it kind of snowballed from there. Uh, Anthony went to do pilots training and, and you know, he became a, a pilot and all that stuff. And I didn't see him for like 10 years. Um, so then I kind of got to the point where it's okay. I'm, I'm getting older. I need an agent. Uh, so instead of just, be, you know, instead of being a hobby, how it started, it started to become necessity. Uh, I needed a demo reel. I had no, you know, nothing. So, you know, long story short, basically I put together uh, team Bry guy, which was before Overhero digital. And that was just myself and my friend, Steve Kassan uh, with a smartphone. And we shot all our videos on a, on a Google pixel at the time. Um, and just, it was just out of necessity to get demo reel material. Uh, and then leads us to today, it became an obsession and I couldn't stop and people were enjoying all our division stuff. Uh, and now we have overheal, which is basically our, our mature, like we've matured into it. Now we have proper cameras, proper gear, you know, we have a, a better vision of what we want to do and it, it stopped being a hobby. And now it's kind of, you know, something we like doing on the side while we're all doing our, our professional stuff, like my acting and. Uh, whatever chambers is up to nowadays but, yeah <laughs> yeah well yeah and following you on twitter i know you're you're super passionate about it and that's something <sighs> i love because i'm the same i'm the same way like this podcast i started it in july um with you know after being on 20 years of 24 and i was like i'm yeah. gonna do my own and it's a passion i'm just doing it for fun i'm not doing it for anything other than you know getting people's words out there doing interviews and stuff like that but um mm -hmm. it's i i love the passion like i'm always enamored with people that's like go do what you want to do. You know, you, everybody yeah. has a vision. Everybody has creative, you know, liberties of whatever they want to want to do. And I just, I, I love that. I mean, following you on Twitter, it's awesome. <laughs> so see, and I love it because I, I want to be infectious. Like it's, I, we, we live such short lives and people are just so passionate about certain things, but they're afraid. Right. And I don't know, like, I don't want to say it's fear necessarily, but they're, they're not willing to take those chances. And I'm not that kind of person. Like I, I could get rid of all of this to, to do what I love. No problem. Like I wouldn't look back because I believe so firmly in, in what I'm pursuing, you know, even if there's people out there who don't, it's, it's something deep down inside of me that I can't stop. And I want to make sure that people like how, how team Bry guy started was the whole premise behind, you know, kids coming out of film school or something like that. And, you know, they see all this expensive camera gear. And, you know, it's just very overwhelming for a lot of aspiring artists. Mm -hmm. I, I wanted to show them that like, yeah, that's cool. If you are already in the business, yeah. you know, to have like a, a million dollar camera set up and all that kind of stuff. But while you're waiting, get a cell phone and, and start filming something that you that you think is neat. Right. Yeah, especially with cell phones now. I mean, the cell phones, I mean, have amazing cameras. I mean, everything looks yeah. movie quality. So. Yeah, I mean, you still need proper lighting, on right? It, but but the fundamentals are there. If you want to learn six of making some kind of moving image, you know, the, everything's at your fingertips. Like literally, this this is the phone we shot our last thing on before I got, uh, you know, uh, the Black Magic camera, which, you yeah. know, that's my first proper camera, quote unquote, right? So, yeah, it was just um, you know, and with the podcast, like, just do it. What do you like? What do you got to lose? Really? I know it's something no too. I've been talking watch. about like for five, six years, and I was just like, man, like, and then being on it with Ryan and me and him kind of were talking and stuff, and I was like, you know what? Like, yeah. let's let's do this. Me and my wife just decided let's go all in. You know, let's yeah, you know, let's, let's do yeah. it. So, and see what what see what happens. You know, but, you honestly got nothing to lose, man. If you don't yeah. try, that's the worst thing. 
Right. You know? And I appreciate, I appreciate that. Uh, yeah. so, so a lot of the fan films you've made are based on obviously various IPs, uh, including Destiny, Army of the Dead, Division, Mass Effect. You made a short, mm-hmm. like three minute Mass Effect video. And of course, 24. Uh, is there a process in choosing those specific IPs? Or are you just like passionate about those IPs in general? Or was there some kind of process for that? Honestly, it wasn't intentional, man. Like I wanted to do original films and short films and all that stuff. And then um, when, when the division came out and they announced, actually, no, when the trailer first dropped at E3, yeah. I think like 2015, 2016, uh, it, it hit something inside of me man like that that whole premise the whole story the whole world like if you know everyone always asks like what's your ideal um end game scenario like what what's the apocalypse that you would most enjoy it's right. always been viral outbreaks yeah for me uh and i know it's weird to say since we're going through <laughs> right, now. right now <laughs> if you asked me like a couple years ago this would have been okay but right. um it's too on the nose now uh but when the division came out uh, after all that that hype leading up to the release um man it like rocked my world as much as 24 did at the time and um just something about the division struck a chord creatively with me and then that's kind of how we started doing the the division short films or like fan films or whatever you want to call them um but again we didn't have the camera stuff and i didn't have any friends around anymore who had anything worthwhile because chambers was off doing you know his living his life right right uh so then that's how the the smartphone thing started and our first video ever for the division was was on the smartphone and it was just me vlogging like literally just doing what we're doing right now right and uh i just kind of made a story out of it and people enjoyed it and uh the division twitter account had tweeted our our like third video or something like that and it just kind of escalated from there and i was like okay well i guess we got to make more and then I think our last division video was uh, just before the pandemic or, or no, in the, in the heart of a lockdown for, for us up here. Uh, that was our last division video, but there's yeah, no, vi- sorry to get back to your question. There's no, um, there's no sort of like uh, guidelines that I follow to like do these things. It's just like, if it's a game I love and it's got a story that I think is promising outside of the main lore and I can, I can kind of go on my own path, then I'll, then I'll do it. Yeah, and, and Division is great. I'm I played you know a lot of Division one and two. I'm I, I need to probably so get back good. into it. I haven't played the new expansions and everything, but uh, but yeah, no, I I, I love I love like you said the whole the whole setting, the New York setting, and then obviously Washington and the second one. It was it was great. I have the novels too. You know, um, yeah, read those. You know, it's, you know what you should do. You should get Ross and Thurber on this show, man. Like oh really? I, I bet I bet the three of us could talk for hours just on the division alone. Oh, there, hey, there you go. Yeah, I'm I'm game. I'm game. We'll get that going. Yeah. <laughs> so um, and then obviously too, uh, to go back to the other ones like Mass Effect. Huge fan of Mass Effect. I watched that yeah. actually yesterday, prepping for our interview and stuff. I didn't know you had a Mass Effect video, and I was like, oh, cool. I mean, it's a short thing, but I was like, it's cool. I mean, that's and that's something we'll get into later. But I I, I I'm I'm happy that you with the IPs you you take care into them. There's a lot of, I know we talked on Twitter months mm-hmm. ago about it, about certain directors, you know, that we won't talk about that does not yeah. take care to their, to their yeah. um, IPs and their professional film, you know, professional filmmakers yeah. that get released and everything. So it's like, but, um, but yeah, no, I appreciate the, uh, the thought, I mean, going into them. Here's, here's my reasoning behind that is, is that, you know, while, while it is a fan film, I, I do want to, you know, do my own thing. I do want to tell my own story in that world. I'm, I'm not a big fan of just taking, you know, people have done this in the past and won't name names, but <laughs> certain YouTubers will take an idea. Uh, let's just pick a random one like Halo 
Right. And it's like, okay, great. So you're going to do master chief. He's going to go shoot some people. And like, you know, I've seen that I've played it. Right. What about if you were to take, you know, another Spartan or, you know, someone who was in the Spartan program and maybe didn't, you know, pass it or something like, what are they doing? Right. Right. So that's always my thing, you know, with the division destiny and, and now 24 is like, let's pick characters that, you know, nobody knows exists or maybe they existed briefly and we didn't get enough storytelling from them and, and go from there. Right. So, yeah. or make up your own. That that's usually what I do is just make up characters. Yeah. So in actually... that universe, the universes are so huge. You can do what you want. So yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so obviously last week you released 24 one more day Yeah. on YouTube, which is your largest project to date, which first mm-hmm. of all, huge congrats. That's, I mean, I know it's a big deal to you. I know I've been following <laughs> you and kind of, I know you were super excited, a huge congrats. I know you were nervous <laughs> to get it out in the world. Yeah. Still, still nervous. It was great. Anybody Thank that has you. not watched it, it's freaking awesome. Um, so, so thank you for that. Thank you. That means a lot. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it, it was, it, it is, it is fantastic. Uh, so take me through the process of conception to release for it. When did you decide that you wanted to tackle the 24 universe on a grander scale? Oh man. Uh, I, I want to say I've said it before on, on Twitter, but I, w- I want to say it's about six years ago when the idea kind of popped into my head where, uh, I wanted to know more about Josh, right? Shows up one season, goes through all this crazy stuff and then is gone. Never mentioned the game. Like, yeah, that, I was going to say, I don't it? think. <laughs> right? We have this huge family drama for like two seasons, basically. Well, like one and a half, we'll say. Yeah. And then and then Josh shows up and you have this character who's prime for, you know, he's he's no longer spoiler alert if anyone's never watched 24. Uh, what's wrong with you? Yeah, I was going to say. Um, <laughs> you have this character who's like just sort of ab- abandoned and then like literally has no family other than Jack and I guess his mother at that point. Um what what happened so that's sort of you know that idea was was kind of in my head for a few years and um i i always i think from the start it's always been about josh i wanted to do more something with josh and like what he was doing after the fact um and then i tried to do two other short films one was called sierra or exigent and one was called sierra but i was afraid of fox I didn't want to do 24 because at that time Fox was shutting down fan films for other IPs. And I, I was afraid that like I would invest all this time and money. And then, and then like would Fox would be like, listen, what are you doing? Like cut it out. Right. And uh, you know, I just can't afford lawsuits. So, so I, I had skipped over it. I took a rough skeleton of that Josh idea with CTU and all that. And then I, I made it Canadian. So it was CSIS instead of CTU. Um, and then they were just doing very Canadian types, right. uh, 24 things. Uh, they sucked. Both those videos were terrible. Um, just kind of poorly planned. I rushed them and I, I was just trying, you know, feeling my way through everything. Uh, and then the pandemic hit and I was like, you know what? I- I'm done. I'm done sitting on this idea. And then I think it was April. I just, I put my head down. I focused on the scripts, you know, fleshed it out, made it what I was, you know, what I would do if 24 was to return. Um, uh, but with Josh uh, and and what he's been doing, you know, in his late thirties, I think roughly if you do the math on when the seasons take place, I think he's about in his mid to late thirties right now. Yeah, because uh, he was what, probably wise. early teens, and I think he was like six. sixteen, seventeen, or yeah, something. or mid yeah. mid teens. Yeah, so yeah, and with yeah. the time jumps, they've had so many different time jumps. Yeah. So that's... then, with that in my mind, I was like, okay, well, 
if they didn't go with the whole him being Josh's son thing, which was like, you know, we talked about this before. Yeah. Ridiculous. <laughs> That's been a rumor for years, like a fan theory and everything else. So like, ugh. so, so playing in the playground that he was Graham's son, you know, uh, Graham Bauer was bald. I was like, well, hell I'm bald. <laughs> uh, that works. Think, that works. I think the actor who played Josh had blue eyes. I have blue eyes or, or, you know, give or take roughly the same shade. I was like, man, I could do this. So I wrote it for me. I was like, I'm already an actor. I already need material anyway. Uh, there's a pandemic. I got nothing better to do. I'm just going to write this story that I've wanted to write forever and, and get it over with. Right. But our biggest problem going back to like, you know, our, our YouTube indie stuff is like, mm-hmm. we can't get locations and, and try shooting 24 where you got to run around with guns and vests that say CTU on it in a public place. Right. So I said, okay, I'm going to have to fund this. I have no choice. Otherwise, it's not getting done. I can't afford to do this on my own. So I had thrown it up as a Kickstarter with no, I didn't tell anybody anything about what we were doing. I just said, oh, we need locations to film our, our YouTube videos and didn't say anything about 24. Nobody in the cast, nobody, not even Anthony, who, who was our cinematographer and like my partner in, in this, he had no idea what it was until like a week before we actually started prepping for shooting. Wow. So, wow. Anyway, so we got funded and then now here we are. We finally got it done. <laughs> yeah, you did. Well, I think it was a $5,000 budget, basically. Yeah, 5000 And I think like over two thirds of that went towards just locations. And then the rest was to the talent, not not myself, but right. everything else. Everyone how how long did involved. it take you guys to um, film it like from beginning to end? Uh, we had four days uh, and each day was a different location. So like one day was all the CTU stuff. Uh, one day was all like Branson's warehouse, Branson being the villain for anyone who hasn't watched it. Um, and yeah, each day was a, a different day or a different location. So that's the only way we could do it logistically. And it was it was still a pain. <laughs> yeah, I, I know the biggest compliment me and my wife, we sat down when you sent it to me and we we watched it. And her biggest thing, she was like, there's no more. <laughs> that, that, and I was like, well, that's a compliment because I mean, she wanted to watch more. She's like, is that how it's going to end? I'm like, well, yeah, it's a it's a proof of concept pilot. There's no. Yeah. There's no sequel to it. Hopefully it gets, you know, something rolling, but we'll see. And and that's good because, you know, with any series that I've made, like even with the Destiny ones, I, I want the cliffhanger. I, I want people to tell me they want more. Uh, so that's great. When you told me that, I was, I was actually, you know, warm my heart. Yeah, but, tell, um, tell John Kassar, man. Well, we'll get, we'll get that going. So. Yeah, I, I know, I know, I know John saw the tweet, um, but I know he's probably got better things to do, which, which actually reminds me since we're on this topic. Um, yeah. The whole point of doing this pilot, you know, other than scratching a creative itch that I had was, you know, I, I, I wasn't interested in the, the traditional, like, you know, beg them to, to meet with me and like, here's my idea. Who are you? Oh, you're nobody. Like, they're not going to waste their time. Right. So the beauty of what we do and, and how we do it is like, I don't care. I, if I if I have something creative I want to explore, I'm doing it. And yeah. there's no one no one's going to tell me not to unless legally, you know. You, get yeah, in trouble, tell you to but, shut it down. Yeah, <laughs> but that's kind of that was part of it. It was like I wanted to do this idea to scratch a creative itch, and at the same time, I honestly believe, and I might be crazy to most people, I honestly believe we have a valid idea on how to reintroduce this show while keeping the Bauer universe, like keeping it in the family, basically, right? Because right? I I know that's everyone's big problem is they don't want to watch Twenty Four without Jack, right? That was the so, whole thing when 24 okay. legacy came out. Yeah. Yeah. And like, it's not that it was a terrible idea legacy. Um, it's just that we are so accustomed to Kiefer. Mm-hmm. And I know, I know like 
I've met Kiefer once and, and I'm sure he's, he's just wants to retire that character, but at the same time probably wants to come back, but it's like, you have to find that right balance. Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't think he would want to do a whole season again, but I think he's okay with showing up right. and maybe like playing the cameo or, or something like that. Yeah. So. And, and I, I agree. I think, and plus, I mean, now it's 12 episodes are pretty much the norm in television. So I feel like, yeah, too- I don't, I don't know if 24 is going to fly nowadays. Yeah, man. I know. Yeah. I, I just thought 24 episodes is a lot. And, and I know Kiefer has talked about that in the past about like just how much work that was. It was just yeah. insane compared to what other shows have done. But, you know, I agree. I, I think that it, it needs to, 24. And that was actually going to be my next question. What are your hopes for the future of 24 as a franchise moving forward? Not like for me personally, I do think it's coming back in some form or another. I just don't mm-hmm. know when, where streaming, how it's going to, but, um, but what yeah. are your hopes for the future? 24. Going, going kind of, you know, mixing with what we were just talking about. You're, you're right. It's, it's just a matter of how, right. It's, it's not a matter of when this show, like I said, it, it's had such a viable impact on the industry itself. Um, and, and like, you know, fans like us, uh, for it not to come back would be kind of silly and it's never been more relevant. Uh, right. Especially nowadays. Right. I mean, with our story, obviously we've taken some liberties with like what's happening nowadays. Um, uh, and there's your there's your story right there. Like the world's writing the rest of 24 for us. Yeah, it's just a matter of who's going to be clever enough to turn it into something watchable, right? And 24 was always ahead of its time. Like I mean, you'd see something in 24, and then like six months later, it was happening. You know, it, they were always yeah, a way yeah. to stay right ahead of the curve. And even with technology, you know, a lot of the stuff they use. Yeah. You know, you go back to season one and look, and you know, Jack's on a flip phone, obviously. You know, doing GPS satellites. I'm like. Probably not possible, but now it's yeah. you know now all our cars have GPS right. maps and stuff just like that, you know. And it did look crazy. I, same with Star Trek when Star yeah. Trek was kind of pioneering that that vision of what our future could look like. This is twenty four kind of did it for the surveillance uh, side of the world, right? So right, yeah, no, it's cool. Um, I do have an idea uh, on how to take some some modern relevant uh, tech and stuff to turn this series into something, but I don't want to. I don't want to spoil it. Yeah. But if I, if I was to have a meeting right now with, with John Kassar or, or any of the, the people involved, there's two ways I could make this show come back. And one being the way we did it for our 24 one more day. And another that I, I don't want to spoil. Uh, maybe yeah. one day I'll talk about it. Hey, hey, you never know. It might be. Because um... I know someone will take it. I know it, it's really good and it's really relevant to today. Um, and I know oh. someone will take it. So uh, I don't, cool. I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to hey, don't spill up. the beans. Don't spill the no, beans, no, man. No. <laughs> yeah, keep it close to the chest until it's ready to go mm. off to the world. So, uh, so yesterday we were chatting a little bit about, uh, you had a meeting with Kiefer and that led to an embarrassing audition for Saturday Night Survivor. That's what you said to me. So I, what's I, the story yeah. behind that? So my agent called me, is it, this is quite a few years ago. He was doing a music video for Shirley Jean. Uh, okay. Yeah. One of the songs I, I believe is dedicated to his mother. Um, he was doing a music video with Robert Nepper where they where they're in a prison and they needed prisoners. Um, so my agent calls me. She's like, want to work with Kiefer? I was like, of course. Like, Duh. what kind of question is that? Yeah, <laughs> right. She already knows. Like, my my agent is well versed in all the things that I love, and she knows that Kiefer is like top priority on my list. And I said, of course, I'll work with Kiefer. Let's go. Mm-hmm. And it, it's nothing. I'm just sitting in the background, you know, playing a prisoner. Uh, so I show up, we do, we do the, uh, you know, prep our wardrobe, all that kind of stuff. And I go get a coffee at the craft truck. I come back, all the prisoners are gone. I'm like, <laughs> where'd everyone go? Like, oh, they're on set, you know, come with us. I get there. Kiefer's talking to the camera guy. All the prisoners are in the cells. 
I'm the last one. They're like, there's no more cells left for you. It's like, so what do I do? It's like, I'll just stand off to the side. Didn't get in the video because I was too busy getting coffee. So anyway, the day goes by. I'm waiting to see if they still need me. They never need me, right? So I'm like, okay, we're getting close to wrap. I can't show up to a set that has Kiefer there and not, you know, at least say hi and, and, and get a picture, right? But I also hate being those guys who, like, you're trying to work. Right. I don't want to bother the talent or the, the person in charge, basically. Uh, so I didn't, I didn't like rush him when he was on his break or anything like that. And then, you know, I got to like, I got to rap and I was like, okay, I have to say something. I got to be that guy. Like I'll never see him again. Right. Like in my head, I'm like, this is it. They're one the shot. Only yeah. time I'm ever going to meet Kiefer Sutherland. I have to say something. Screw it. What do I got to lose? Nobody knows who I am. I'm just going to go. So I go up and I'm very polite and, you know, he's very charming. And obviously I could tell he was just not having it because everybody and their mother was doing it before me. Um, so I get, I get a picture with him, cherish it forever. It's, it's amazing. And I leave. And then I think like months later, I get a call for designated survivor and I'm like, Oh my God, I'm going to get another chance to be on set with Kiefer. And I'm starstruck. Right. So I'm like, okay, go all the way to Toronto, grab, get in my audition. I got everything memorized and like, I'm ready to nail this, this like two lines with Aaron. It's supposed to be with Aaron, mm -hmm. uh, his chief of staff, I yeah. believe. I get in the audition and the, you know, the casting director. And I think, I think the producer or something was there and um, I completely tank it. And I like stumbling over my words and, blah, blah, and I, I forgot how to act so that you could tell the guy was very nice. He's like, okay, let's try it again. Just take a breath. Yeah. And then I tank it again. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm not feeling it. I'm sorry guys, but thanks for seeing me. Right. So I leave, call my agent and I'm all like, you know, depressed on the phone. Like, I can't believe I embarrassed myself. I'm sorry. And, She's like, don't worry about it. I'll just tell him you're like starstruck and you couldn't handle it or something like that. So she calls him and, and uh, it turns out I had a, I had a hold, which basically means it's between myself and another person. Mm. Right. So I was like, okay, there's still hope. I didn't completely, you know, bomb ended up not getting it. And uh, it's just, it was just such a silly story that like, <laughs> I Hey, just, I mean, the I, fact I that fell you got apart, it, I mean, man. yeah, call, I mean, doesn't survivor was also a great show. So I'm, I'm it was, yeah, yeah, I didn't um, get on it. That's awesome. <laughs> I auditioned for it a few times. It would have been cool to like, you know, be on it, but eh, whatever. It's fine. I mean, it happens. I mean, something's... it made for a great story and that's really exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly. So one thing I do uh, to the final question of every interview is always, I ask, what would you bring with you inside the bunker? And I always try to do it like themed on what we are talking about or your fandom or whatever you're into. So, so you're, and we're going to keep it away from 24 for a little bit. Okay. You're a big gamer as well yeah. as me. What five video games would you bring with you inside the bunker if you only had five to choose from? Uh, I mean, The Division, obviously. I, I'd bring both, one and two. Uh, because I'm a huge fan of the, the single player in The Division. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I know, I know it's, it's a multiplayer game as well, but I, I spent a bulk of my time doing single player stuff. Um, not, not so much a Dark Zone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so those games I can survive with. Um, Mass Effect, obviously, being another one. Metal Gear Solid can't you can't i don't like i don't know who doesn't like that game uh you just don't like one? stealth if you don't like metal gear yeah so. well metal metal gear solid also changed a lot too for for video games like uh hideo kojima like the stuff he did for gaming is insane he's like he's like the the scorsese of video games basically deus x uh yeah. shout out to elias yeah <laughs> hey deus uh, x is awesome it's one of my yeah, dude, such a great game 
Max Payne. Oh yeah, Max Payne yeah. for sure. We actually have a throw to that in uh, in twenty four one more day. Uh, oh, really? It's pretty obvious. Yeah. <laughs> so so how I I don't want to drag this on if you if you gotta go, but oh um, no, go ahead. The Hawaiian shirt was intentional. Like I I didn't. That's not a joke. Like I didn't put that in as a gag. Like Josh is this disheveled, you know, fool. Even though he is, um, the it was intentional because somebody had made a joke. I think it was Kaz. He's actually one of our funders, but um, made a joke about because uh, uh, my look, the whole Max Payne three thing, and I was like, yeah, you know what? Let's just do it. Let's just find the dumbest Hawaiian shirt I can find. <laughs> And, and I'm just going to have this character as like this guy running around in a Hawaiian shirt in the middle of like fall and, and just, you know, I'm, gl- I'm glad you told us the story. Cause that was my first question when I was watching, I was like, what's yeah. with that? I was like, whatever. It, it, it's part of the creative choice. So whatever, no, but I, it didn't make sense. But I'm glad yeah. you told that story. Cause it makes sense now. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, it was, um, you know, I needed, I needed to show Josh as this fool. Like he's right. not, he's not Jack and he's not uh, this serious action guy. He's just this guy who who has lost the step he doesn't care anymore and i was like you know what maybe he's on vacation all the time so what better way to show that is a hawaiian shirt while he's running around trying to be a hero my five that i would bring with me actually it's funny mine two of them actually are kind of in your top five the mass effect Mm -hmm. 2 i would say is my personal favorite yeah i could cheat a little bit with the mass effect legendary edition i was going to say well i could cheat now that that's out that's one game so yeah (laughs) technically um dragon age origins i'm big into bioware and just dragon age metal gear solid 3 actually it's my personal favorite of the whole series i just love the story the whole story in that game I, what um why three i don't the story the it being a prequel which i mean yeah. that was the worst kept secret ever i think was the whole like when it was coming out it was taking place what you know during the cold war and everything and, yeah. and everybody's like oh you play a snake i'm like no you're big boss so you have to be you know yeah, what i mean yeah. for those that hadn't played a spoiler sorry it's been a I don't know. I just love the story of that game and then the, the openness of it. Metal Gear Solid obviously is still one of my all-time favorites. I mean, the, mm-hmm. the 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 world, the the voice acting. I mean, that was one of the first games that just the entire game was voice acted from start to finish, and it was just kind of like a like wow. Yeah. Um, but I'm, no, I'm it's just one of my because yeah, I don't know. I would like, say it's two. Yeah, two. See, I I'm not a huge fan of two, and it was just I don't know. I just I love the whole series. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I mean, I'll even like four and five. You know, I've Played them all, beat them all. I actually did a playthrough during the pandemic of, you know, my wife had never seen them. And she was like, hey, I mm-hmm. want to kind of, you know, see the stars. Like, these stories are amazing, I'm telling you. You know, and they're long. And, they're very long. Too. Yeah. And she's not really a huge gamer. So she was like, yeah, I'll watch them, you know, and play them. So it was pretty yeah. cool. Um, well, that's the beauty of Metal Gear, too. It's it's more yeah. of a, a narrative experience. So watching it works. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I forgot yeah. it just, I mean, just how well made those games were. Yeah. Uh, my other two would be probably The Witcher Three. I, I mm-hmm. love the world of The Witcher. I've, I've always I've been into fantasy, and that game just grabbed me and that's the world and everything. And then to go old school to Super Nintendo days, Super Metroid. I'm a huge yeah. fan of Super Metroid. Love that game. I'm, I'm I'm not as big into Metroid Dread that just came out, but eh, it is what I, it is. I but, haven't, to be honest, I haven't played a Metroid since I was a kid. So yeah, Metroid. Yeah. I was gonna say I had to put something retro because everybody's like, well, you know, how, how long we all those games that I named were what PS2, PS3 era, so or or Xbox 360 era. So, yeah. so you know, but well, it is what it is. But um, games are games, man. I, I honestly like. I know. I know people that that have fun playing like mobile games nowadays, and like you know what? It's all the same. It is it's what fun. it is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're an art form now, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you know. Um. So in closing, uh, Brian, dude, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you today. Same. 
Uh, I want to say in closing, uh, again, your passion is just, I mean, I, I love the passion you put behind your project and, and also on Twitter. If you're not following me on Twitter, I'll include your Twitter handle on the video. Um, but, you know, please follow him, like him, subscribe, uh, watch 24 one more day. It's on YouTube. I will again post a link to the end of this video as well as in the comments um, so you guys can check it out. And also on Spotify, I'll have a link as well on there and through however you get your podcasts. But um, thank you so much. Oh, thank you. And I honestly appreciate it because aspiring artists and, and you know, indie creatives like myself, we need people like you to help us shine. So yeah. And I mean, and it. again, anytime you want to come on, talk anything, games, anything. Uh, I'm always right, down. Yeah. I mean, hey, <laughs> I, I'm good. I'm always looking for someone to come on and just talk the crap with me. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, um, is there anything else you wanted to plug before we go? Uh, any projects you're working on right now? or? Uh, I don't think we're... Well, I mean, we are working on stuff, but not really. I, I'd say just watch our existing stuff and support indie creators. Yeah, definitely support indie creators. Um, and, and again, to liking, subscribing, commenting does mean a lot to everybody, um, my, yeah. myself included. You know, Brian would appreciate it as well. But yeah, it, it always helps. It's, it's good to hear good and bad. I mean, I, I take constructive criticism and i learn from it you know yeah, so, as long as it's yeah. constructive it's not you suck you know, yeah, I, yeah. Don't, I don't listen to that no. this whole interview is a sham yeah uh. this is a sham <laughs> this is all bs but um but no again man thank you brian appreciate it and uh thank good, you good luck in all your future endeavors thank you you as well i'll talk to you soon